Welcome to the Next Level Show, a health and fitness podcast with a little bit of life. Hosted by Jonathan Alvarez, Gabriel Contreras, and Mike Nillis. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back to the Next Level Show. We're excited to have you guys here. Finally, we have our favorite Mike back. The one that matters, all 190-something pounds of Mike is here. How many pounds? 190-something. Oh, I, I heard that incorrectly. I'm back, bitches. Um, did you guys talk about Mortal Kombat? We did. What What do you think but about it? I hold yeah, on. Wait, we're gonna I, we're, we're gonna ask you your personal opinion. You haven't listened to yesterday, you know, uh, Monday's yes. episode, and we did go in depth on our personal opinion. But we were gonna wait for you to come back and give you give us your take. Okay. We did uh, real quick. We did also not go too spoilery. We didn't okay. actually didn't even share any kind of spoilers whatsoever. To be honest, yeah. I don't even know half of those fucking people's names. So my spoilers would be like, and the guy did the thing, and you guys would be like, what? And then, yeah, so I can't even be that specific. Um, not being a, like, diehard, played every game, paid attention to the story every time, Mortal Kombat fan, I liked it. I wasn't a massive... Um, nerd about it i kind of just wanted to see some cool fights and i feel like i got that could it have been better yes um i actually kind of wish that it actually was more of a tournament in a way um i think that would have been really cool to see maybe they're setting up for that but overall from what i wanted out of that movie I got it. So I, I liked it. So the, Gabe kind of really kind Gabe was very identical to what you just said. You guys okay. kind of shared similar, very similar points. My whole argument was the acting for some, for the main character. Oh, some of the side characters were just very, eh. the acting where, was garbage. So <laughs> they had, they had a few actors that killed it. You know, Kano's character killed it. They had, um, you know, the main character, Sub-Zero, Scorpion, as far as like the classic Mortal Kombat characters, phenomenal actors have been in big movies before. And Gabe, to answer the end game question you asked me yesterday, I do remember who you're talking about in that movie. Oh. So I do remember now exactly you who it was. Um, I actually listened to it, checking audio quality. We have been struggling, but today looks like everything is flowing very smoothly. So we're back on it. Like Mike says, we're back, bitches. Um, but That's no, because it's, Mike, the mic is back. That's why. Mike is back. Yeah. See, Mike, you can't do this. Don't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> um, so, no, but what we were saying, the main thing for me was the acting. That's what killed it for me. I think if the acting would have been better, even if the story was weak, it would have been, you know, it would have made just a, that's what, that's what killed it for me was the fact that I'm not that picky and I can tell when something sounds very forced or cheesy or just like it's not the right setting for how you just express yourself. You know, you have top tier actors playing these bigger roles that are more serious, like Raiden, Scorpion, Sub-Zero. Even the bad guy was eh to me. Who the hell was Raiden? He, who was that guy? I don't know who it was, but he did his part well. Yeah. I, oh, I, thought you meant, I thought you meant that he was from something else. Like I, I kind of, but I. I couldn't tell you like where the he hell might be. I would have to look at him. They just, the way yeah. he's set up, you can't tell, but they, they have, they have a lot of potential. I think they need to make some adjustments with the director or how they're going to go about elaborating the story because the story of the original story of Mortal Kombat is 
de- it's pretty good. Like the, the world itself, I'm not even that nerdy on it. I just play the video games for the fighting. Like that's, I'm not even going to say like, I know every detail, but that's the problem. That's the problem with that is, is that I had zero, like, I was like, dude, where is this going? Like we're supposed to go to a, a tournament, which is fine if you want to leave that for another movie. But I just felt like, where is this the whole time? Where is this going? Where is this going? The acting just took over the top for me. And that's what my personal opinion was it. Yeah. So real quick. So that dude that was um, Raiden, he was actually uh, a Hogan in uh, Thor Ragnarok. So if you see if he seems familiar, that's where he's from. Oh, for real? Yes. The guy with the. No, 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 no. That's uh, I forgot his name off the top of my head. But no, this is from the Warriors (sighs) three. The guy with the mace with yeah the, he's, he's like blue he's like a blue and black and a uh-huh. white trim uh outfit ah, okay oh. so 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 that's him so no allegedly shit. and i'm saying this alleged because who the hell knows but allegedly this movie was supposed to be more of a like a prequel or a setup it had no intentions to be to to have the tournament involved and allegedly it'll be more like a trilogy series where the the next movie is more focused on the tournament and then the third one would be more focused on the aftermath or what happens after the tournament, which or, is fine. Know, but uh, I'm, I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to them casting some new people for certain roles. That's just my personal take. The rest, Scorpion can stay. Sub Zero can stay. Well, Sub Zero, if he if if they do make more, they sign him for like a four or five picture deal. Dude, I'm I'm down with that. You know what? I would have loved a whole series on this shit. That would have been badass. Develop mm-hmm. the storylines. Oh, like a show. Each yeah like that would have been sick because you know i think a lot of people would have bought into it anywho i guess we don't want to bore the listeners we did this like we actually did a lengthy review Mm -hmm. yesterday um mike how's your tattoo tattoo is good um it was actually kind of sad the guy was uh behind on basically everything so me not recording yesterday i totally could have recorded and gone to the tattoo shop had wow there been a little bit more communication from wow but it's I'm fine offended. so basically i just gave him a concept reaper death seal from naruto really cool design um i showed him a couple like reference pictures but not saying like this is exactly what i want like give me this other person's tattoo um and he's a huge naruto fan and he loves kind of the comic book video game anime tattoo idea um yeah So he spent like two hours in this dark little room. Uh, I heard, strangely enough, and don't take this the wrong way. I heard passionate noises coming from the room where he was like, but like he would like hit something. And then I hear like a random like, fuck. And I could see, you know, he was backlit by the little iPad that he was working on. He was really putting his heart and soul into it. And then he came out with like the results of, what he'd been working on and it was what i got it wound up being just what i wanted without realizing that that's what i wanted um i love that about tattoo artists i'll say the same thing even with the one i just recently got like i haven't you have an idea of kind of where you want to go right but then that's the whole point of a tattoo artist is to kind to basically interpret what you want to do also understand what they can do realistically based on where you're asking it to be done. Cause it's going to be different if it's put on a chest, a back, an arm, a leg, a calf, a forearm, wherever you need to understand like the, they understand by doing it, the experience where 
certain muscles may insert, you know, the curvature of the body, you know, it's just you understanding that. And it's really cool because they'll put something together where it's like, you like that so much more than your own design. And yeah. that's, that's an artist, you know, and, and that I appreciate that, especially with the guy that did mine, he did the same thing. I had an idea. He told me, that I, I, okay, I see this. He's putting together some ideas and like put, you can see in his mind just working. I mean, it's cool because as you can tell this natural talent, like you can see them visualizing something before it's done. And that's super important, whether, you know, you're doing something that's uh, not body art, but just art in general. And that can be even just this form of, you know, um, just to come and take people that design homes. They can see things being done before it's even done, what it's going to look like, interpretations. So Art can take many forms, but in the sense of the tattoo, yeah, like an artist, you can tell a good tattoo artist when they come out with something that just, it just, they read your mind basically, or they brought something better to light. Yeah. And yeah, he, uh, he texted me, I don't know, like a week ago and asked me for things I wanted to see or high points, uh, he called them. And I was like, honestly, dude, like you're, you're the artist, um, just come up with whatever you would like to see on this. Cause like, it's, it's your tattoo too, you know? And I know he's building his portfolio and um, yeah. So I, I basically just gave him creative freedom. So we're going to go back and finish it. I think the end of May sometime. It's going to be, did you do like, that for your other tattoos? The same thing kind of like, this is the general direction of what I want. The, the other one that I got recently was the Charmander evolution. Um, with Charmeleon and Charizard kind of silhouetted with the flames. Um, that was actually a t-shirt that I've been holding on to for a very long time. Um, so that one was more or less a copy paste, but kind of like what Jonathan's saying, I wanted it on my forearm and that was a very wide picture because um, Charizard has very, very wide, wide wings. Um, so that one he had to kind of shape it and mold it to where I wanted it to fit. Um, and he did take a little bit of um, th there's a little bit of his own twist in there where he added some stuff and, you know, changed the direction a little bit, but um, I'm definitely going to be talking to him. I mean, after I finish this one, I'm going to have to, you know, save up some, some pennies for a little bit, but I'm definitely going to be going back to him and seeing if he's got any more, uh, you know, ideas or anything like that. Cause he's, he's a really, really talented guy. Um, He's got some cool ideas. I feel like he just needs someone to work let on. him. Yeah, let him work on. You know, that's awesome, man. That's good when you have good experiences. I, I, it's funny because I before I got this last one, it was like a over four hour piece. Um, brutal. I had to go to another city, so I basically had to do it all in one sitting as best as I can. And I thought I wasn't gonna make it, but before seeing that, before going, I actually saw Ink Master. <laughs> I was watching Ink Master for fun. And dude, I would never volunteer for a show like that ever. Nope. That is like, that's like, you just don't give a shit if you mm -hmm. just do that for yourself, right? It's not, no knock on the people, but they're giving them these very hard tasks with very like strict time constraints. And they they basically put your tattoo on blast and then tell you everything that they did wrong. Do you imagine <laughs> just getting something and basically being on a show forever that your yeah, that tattoo looks like was shit. done poorly? Yeah, like yeah. these lines are weak. This doesn't look like this. What kind of art is that? This and guy over here is like, cross-sided. 
Yeah. So it's like, dude, it's already hard enough if you got like a shit tattoo. But then the fact that you're getting it like blasted on like national television um, or just in the streaming services, that's brutal. I, I give people props to people that have done like even like the six hour pieces that the one I think they do for the finals and stuff, these six mm-hmm. hour pieces, that is some four hours is a lot. And depending did, on where uh, you get it. I, I sat for eight hours for my longest. Wow. Uh, that was my, the Phoenix on my chest got, f- it was free handed. Um, Cause it was kind of shaped around another tattoo that's on my chest. And then it goes into DNA uh, across my shoulder and down my, down my arm. Uh, yeah. That was, that was eight fucking hours. You know, you know what though? Like at least you could lay down, right? Yeah. Like if you were on your stomach or like in the position I was in for this forearm to piece, the first one was pretty smooth. It was about four hours, the same thing. Cause it was like a lot of little details and a lot of shading. Um, but I was actually sitting up and I was comfortable. I could basically yeah. nap in that position. This sucked because I was like upside down and I had my arm rotated. So my pec was stretched out and very uncomfortable. My shoulder and my pec were tight as hell afterwards so towards the end i was like just fatigued for being in a bad position i think if it was yeah. in a better situation or a better better place not so so, so when you got so your bad. your low back one you were fine yeah like my my low back one looks clean it was super comfortable it was about six hours no i'm kidding um but yeah i don't have no yep. back tattoo <laughs> sorry mom um I only have one and I, I kind of, how long was it? I don't think, I don't know. It was like two, two hours, maybe three tops. And I actually had to have him stop because it's on my shoulder. So my arm was resting over a chair. Yeah. So I asked him to stop for a second, not because it hurt or anything, but like my arm was falling asleep because like there was little to no blood flow going into my arm. If that makes any sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, it does. Position. yeah I was, and, uh, Sorry, go ahead. Finish your. No, I was gonna say. Funny enough, I always laugh when I when I when I think of my tattoo because the dude that did it, he looks like the white dude from Half Baked. <laughs> Literally, just like it could have been him, and I would have been like, "Oh shit, that's right, that's him," because he looked just like him. That's funny. He was high as shit too. Yeah, of course. I mean, you kind of want your tattoo artist to be high as shit. <laughs> Not too much. It tells you it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good time. Um. Yeah, we. I had to get into some funky positions cause I was kind of sitting up and he had to get to like the, the back part of my tricep. Uh, so my shoulder was like extended forward. My rhomboids fully stretched and he's like putting pressure on it. And I'm like, okay, keep going. And he, yeah, there was a, there was a couple spots that it, for the most part, it didn't really hurt. Uh, I mean, there's different spots on the body that are more sensitive than others. Most of this is on my, like the meat of my arm, So it didn't really hurt, but up towards the top, Mm-hmm. Uh, near my, um, mm-hmm. I don't remember the what what that's called, where your uh, collarbone and your clavicle. everything connects. Yeah, clavicle, yeah. all that stuff, right here? at the very very top, tiny little peak. Uh, yeah. That made my ribs vibrate when he went over the the little bone right there. That was mm-hmm. that was an interesting little sensation. Yeah, that wasn't fun when that happened. And that was just and that just kind of like made me think. Shit, imagine the people that have it like on, either on their spine or on on the bone itself. It yeah, I actually would not be a good feeling. Well, hey, you know, I've got stuff on my back. Uh, spine hurts uh, right above your nipple hurts a lot, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, I got something on my sternum as well. That was one of the more painful things I've ever experienced. 
Uh, yeah, my Kira Trooper, dude. Like yeah. for the listeners, you got to post pictures just to show your body. <laughs> just to say it's true. <laughs> no, dude. Like I'm t- talking about bone. Like the one on my like since it's covering basically my my whole form is covered mm-hmm. pretty much at this point. Um, the one on my bone on my wrists, and like I have thin wrists, yeah. so bone is a little bit more exposed. That shit was like a fat sausage by the end of the freaking workout. I mean, the end of the session, basically, yeah. uh, tattoo session. And the and I didn't realize because I couldn't see him the position I was in how much detail was there. So it wasn't just the fact that he was shading there; it was he had to do all these little lines. Mm-hmm. So I kept going over and over and over, and I'm like, God, help me now! Like, and I question like why the fuck am I even doing this? Like, <laughs> why is it that we put ourselves in? The, because I think back, what was, what's the origin of tattoos? Was it more as far as I'm, I, I have different takes on this, right? Like, I, I don't know for sure. Someone can fact check me, but like, isn't it like where people used to get marked for like, even just like ownership, slavery, um, used to like they used to like put uh, symbolisms on. I want to say no people. to that. Yeah, that's okay. great. it goes way way back. It's it's yeah. kind of the same reasons that we get them. It's just vanity for the most part. I know that those, there's some. I know some mm, cultures do it for like there's status, some cultures maybe? that it, it's a status thing or a um, like a rite of passage almost. I think more. I think more of that because it's um, such an endure and crazy process, and you can imagine how it was even before, like probably even more painful. Yeah. And the more tattoos that you would have, or more markings that you would have on your body, it just signified that hey, this guy's a he, he he's kind of a big deal. Yeah, this guy's a badass. Exactly. So that's what I think of when I think of even like you know tribal tattoos, or I think of like for mm-hmm. instance like a like the Samoan culture. Or yeah. the uh, Polynesian, any in, anywhere in that region that they have, and it kind of goes back. It I don't think it had to. I mean, could it have to do, or could it have evolved to go into something with as far as uh, ownership or something? Yeah, but I think the origins from it were more of a um, hey, this is a uh, uh, I guess the intimidation to another other people, other regions, other tribes. That would be my uh, quick assumption. So I Googled real quick, kind of just a broad answer, like the history of tattoos and basically ethnographic and historical texts reveal that tattooing has been practiced by just every human culture in historic times. The ancient Greeks used tattoos from the fifth century on to communicate among spies. Later, the Romans marked criminals and slaves with tattoos. Um, because like, you know why? A reason I'm, I'm even bringing this up, this is we're talking about it, is because you know how for the longest time, tattoos had this negative connotation with them. You ask your grandparents or the, your or your just your parents and your grandparents' time. It was if you got a tattoo, is like almost like you were part of a gang, or it was you were you were a criminal, or it has you know jobs wouldn't accept you. Now you know jobs are more flexible with people that have exposed tattoos, like on their forms or their arms in general. Obviously, everything with a grain of salt because you can't go to a nice uh, business firm probably with tattoos on your neck and face. They probably won't hire you. Could, like post uh, unless it's correct. So, <laughs> but I always wonder that, like, you know, what, why people have such a negative association if they were always used for mainly status. So I, I think it was at certain points in history, yes, but I think in some cases, yeah, from what I understood, they would mark. Uh, you know, in Egypt, they would mark like the slaves and everything with 
uh, numbers and marks just to know, you know, even tattooing and not even tattooing, just piercing as well. They would mark cattle. They would mark stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that's why I just say this because my grandmother hates the fact that I have tattoos. Um, she like wishes like I never got them. And she's asked me why. So it's like just a couple of generations ago. It wasn't that accepted now. You know, it's almost everyone has at least something, even yeah. if it's small. So, well, yeah, I was just curious. And even still current times, I mean, it's still pretty taboo in uh, Japan. I was talking to uh, my, my client that's from Japan who helped me with making sure that my arm doesn't say peanut butter and jelly. Um, and he was telling me, yeah, tattoos in Japan are very heavily uh, correlated with like the Yakuza. So if someone is there and you know, is actually from Japan and has a bunch of tattoos, it's pretty suspect that you're fucking gang member or something like that. So um, plus, you know, they're deep rooted in tradition and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, I don't know. It's super it, interesting. It just reminded me of this, uh, like an old meme that I saw. It was just like a tattoo sleeve used to mean you were a biker and would kill someone. Now it means you're a chef who makes a lovely pork belly uh, with a balsamic uh, drizzle. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it's, it's come a long way. History changes, like stuff evolves. But I always love to look at the origin of even holidays, stuff that we practice now, stuff that we think that's like, you know, it's more socially accepted. Um, I guess the question would be like, are we, in some cases, are some of these things doing more good or harm is always kind of where I come back to is like, is this better or worse? You know, is it some traditions worth keeping or some kind of worth just kind of dishing away? Like, it's just like questions that I always ask about a lot of these things, not really being literal right now with you guys about it, but the stuff that I think about, I always love history in those, in those sense. I think if they would have taught more of this versus like when like, I don't know, some dumb shit in school, like that no one cave, no one cared about, but topics that are cool to talk about, you know, what, why is this the way it is? You know, I don't know. I'm not a teacher. I'm glad I'm done with school anyways. So fuck that. You are um, a teacher. No. <laughs> you well, teach this exercise and health. This is true. Well, yeah, I'm a teacher now. All the teachers that didn't think I was going to make it. Look at me now. I'm on a <laughs> podcast, my podcast, our podcast. So I don't know what I read the other day was some guy that was just basically knocking like all the haters, all his teachers, like, look at me now. <laughs> it's like, basically, I um, mean, um, two words for you. Hmm. Suck it. Oh, wow. Suck it. Okay. Come on. Um, I remember very specifically in sixth grade when I got caught uh, using a calculator on my algebra test and the teacher <laughs> Got yeah, very upset with me, told me, you're never going to have a calculator in your pocket. Look at me now, Miss Faust. Look at me now. <laughs> but you can take that um, one back. <laughs> dude, honestly, changing the subject right now and taking a, we're turning the ship here. The UFC fights this weekend. Did you guys see the, the guy that snapped his leg in half? I saw that picture. Yeah, that that's disturbing. It was, I saw that live and very disturbing. It was, it's anything to do with bones makes me cringe. I can look at other stuff like blood and, you know, vomit and shit like that. And I don't even flinch, 
Like it won't gross me out where I'm like, oh, I can't look at it. It's more when I see like bones protruding out of the skin or if I see the bend of an, an unnatural bend, it's just like, oh, like even seeing Mike's elbows, like when he extends his arm, it's just very disturbing. Um, oh, oh, no. Stop it. Don't. Don't. Don't do it. Don't, don't do it. You fucking ass. Oh, you're doing it. Oh, my God. It looked and just like so that. And going so slow too. <laughs> it looked just like that. And luckily, this is an audio podcast correct listeners don't have to watch this even though mike has all the files and basically man like this guy he he okay so he broke anderson silva's leg back in the day i remember that that guy but it's not like he broke it intentionally like basically in, in ufc what happens is when you're fighting and you you can use your legs your extremities you can use elbows knees you fist, obviously you can grapple. So common thing when you're standing and fighting with someone, you're punching, you're obviously kicking, you're also throwing knees, whatever this, they, it's very common in like those fighting sports, they kick. And typically they teach you also how to, as a person receiving the kick, how to check the kick. And it's still going to hurt, but it takes a lot of the, the impact off of you also potentially hurting your opponent um, because it's meeting a counter force. And, what happened ironically enough with Silva, he was one at the time, one of the best fighters ever in the UFC in history, broke his leg, snapped it in half, um, kicking this opponent. And all he did was kind of check the kick. Same thing happened to him this time. Like literally, I think the first kick and the guy checks it, you know, not really doing anything. He just literally extends his leg out to block it. All you see is that guy's leg snap. The The problem with this one that would really like got me was the fact that he didn't look like he uh, reacted to it. He didn't so he put like, pressure sense on it. it. But when he stepped on it, you just see it uh, fold like a wallet. Oh, and that what happened that's with when Silva? that guy just, no, I think he felt it instantly when he hit it and he fell uh, straight to the ground. So okay. it snapped, it hurt, it fell. This guy snapped, landed, bent again, and then like fell. I'm like, oh, dude. Thinking about it gives me chills. It's crazy how this sport can be. And but changing like just like even with that, all the other fights that week that, that on that card were great. A lot of uh, two female uh, main well co-main events with you know title fights. The ladies in those sports are very impressive. Um, and I like one in particular. Her name is Rosie, and she's super small. I think she's like the band like the smallest division for the women. She just claimed. Uh, claimed a new uh, title holder for that fight for that for that uh division and it was cool she had in the in her side she's a very humble person very sweet like as far as personality goes but this girl can freaking fight and while she's getting ready she's going against an opponent that's been i think undefeated or she's just a really badass girl like also from china and she's like i guess a big celebrity over there because of the you know Asian culture and as a whole has a very deep rooted, like, uh, you know, traditions, pride and all that. And they, and they, they demand excellence on everything, you know, so that's why, you know, in particular, hear, like combat sports or any especially type of sports combat sports, yeah. sports in general, like they're mm-hmm. very, like they, they give it their all. And she's Rosie's in the cage. And I loved it because it's like, you can just see her like mouthing and like later on the re- in the interview, they talk about it, but she just kept saying to herself, I'm the best. I'm the best when they're announcing like I'm the best and you can see her just keep saying, and she's, she's nervous, excited. And she just stunned everybody. It was like, it was one of the fights that stunned everyone because she's small. And the other girl was like a little bit bigger. And you would not think that this girl was going to beat her like based on how wish the other one is capable of. And then the final fight, 
just crazy. Just um, Jose uh, Jorge Masvidal with um, with Usman guy. The Nigerians in the in the UFC right now are just killing it. Like I think there's multiple title holders, um, middleweight, heavyweight. No, uh, yeah, middleweight, welterweight, and probably the heavyweight division as well. I'm not sure. Yeah, heavyweight division. All these monsters, man. This is crazy. The genetics. They're all jacked too, for the most part. They're shredded. Like they're like mm-hmm. these jacked, quick, powerful athletes. And it's just um I think I that's the, the scariest part right there. The speed that they can move. Like it's one thing to be big and strong and you see them and they're like just towering over you. But the fact that they could either like run a certain type of you know, uh, speed or a forty this forty forty yard dash or just get to you and it's just so quick is that's small the scariest calves, man. part. That's why I'm not as fast as I can be because my calves are so big. Um, mm. No, apparently, apparently it's like literally you take look at the build. Their leg, their calves are very long, and they're not usually very bulky. They're they're just the way they're built is different. But um, the cool thing about the heavyweight guy, just a real quick for people, why I like been loving the sport so far in the last like two years. The story on the guy is really cool. They, I think they're gonna make a movie or kind of like a like an actual biography on this guy, like a like a whole thing. Because the guy's story, he, he comes from a, a poor place in Africa and the guy's like, uh, he's mining, you know, he mined for like a long time and um, just ridiculous strength, man. The guy, they did a test on how hard he hits. Basically, it's the 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 amount of force that comes into that fist. They test like, you know, when they did with uh, Drago, Drago, like in, in first thing in Rocky, that jumped to my mind when they test is like, I don't know how many pounds of thousands of pounds of force. They did the same thing with this guy, right? He's just a massive 6'4", 6'5", dude, 260 pounds, relatively lean, just an animal, man, just a scary human being. Hits this thing. It was basically the equivalent of a Ford Escort, like basically a small car. Like the, the amount of force his fist generated, a fist. And you, people will be like, oh, it's a small. It's a vehicle. It could have hit me like a fucking Mini Cooper, and that shit would have been still like, it been like very impressive how much power in his hands he can generate it's just i just stupid strength man and he wasn't like the most skillful fighter he was just natural you just strength and very easily be. taught and then it got to a point that he won a rematch that he lost you know on this guy and took the title and now he's the champion i don't think anyone's gonna take him out anytime soon that's uh, that 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 just makes no sense that's it's crazy cannot, cannot yeah. compute but it's even more so like the smaller since a fist comparable to a car the fist will probably do just as much or probably even more damage because of how concentrated that force is the more spread out it is then it's then i'm not gonna say it's easier to take or it just won't hurt as much but it most likely won't cause as much damage that's why like you know when you fall you should try to you know be as flat as you can or spread your body out to absorb more of the impact throughout your entire body something like that it's still gonna it's still gonna hurt oh yeah it's not gonna tickle but allegedly you would do okay allegedly world. allegedly <laughs> don't don't fall anytime soon anyone so we're not yeah. saying that um are we ready mike yes all set. Ready. All right. Already ready. Already. Like three, two. All right. So no, we're today's kind of that we kind of ban- we kind of caught up with Mike a little bit, a little bit of random conversation. But um, as far as the title of the episode, as you can see, talking about the weight scale, and I think it's always good to come back to this particular subject. We have a, we have addressed 
bits and pieces sporadic. It's always going to be part. A lot of these topics that we discuss, they all intertwine with each other. Um, but as far as this, this little device that seems to cause a lot of distress in people's lives, we kind of want to just talk about it, hear from us, kind of hear three different uh, takes on it. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you can view the scale, the weight scale, not so much as something that determines your worth, but something that, you know, you're using it as a tool for what it's, that's what it is. And just to collect information readily available at your house. And you can kind of dictate kind of what you're doing, how, how roughly how progress is being made. But it's just one thing. I feel like the problem that people run into is that they put way too much emphasis on the number, especially when you, we see clients come and sign on with you. They're literally asking you, I want to weigh this much. And it's always ironic to me, like why they're so specific on that number. It's like when I think I want to get tighter, I want to get leaner. I don't think automatically I want to weigh 150 something pounds. Like it's not, I know roughly I have to be within a particular range approximately to be at that body fat if I do everything properly, but in no way, shape or form am I so fixated on a number because I know what I care more about is how I look without my shirt off, um, how I look with that, with my shirt off, how I, um, how I feel, how my clothes looks, um, and all that. So, and ultimately, how do you look naked? So I think that's putting so much emphasis. It's not like you're walking around with a sign with your weight. People are automatically just looking at how much you weigh. It's not how it works. Um, so I think that taking first things first is stop placing so much emphasis on that number is going to be the first thing I think we can kind of cover. Yeah. Um, the scale is it's measuring your relationship to earth via gravity. I mean, it's just a number. It's how much you weigh on this planet. If you go to the moon, you weigh different. Um, but realistically it's partial information. Um, if you were to just look at the scale and this just happened to me on Saturday, one of my clients, she's been with me three or four months and I knew that she was going to be one of these people. So I've been avoiding, scale and body composition, all that kind of stuff, mostly focusing on how your clothes are fitting, how you're feeling, um, relationship with food, all of the more important things, arguably. And she came to me on Saturday. She's gained six pounds. She's done nothing but gain weight since we started. And she threatened me with the juice cleanse, which is a whole rant that I can go on that I'm just going to not. But have you ever been threatened with a juice cleanse? It's a funny scenario to be in. Um, no. So she she was telling me and, you know, I'm like, OK, fine. Like, let's go. Let's go do a weigh in on our scale. Let's do a body fat scan. Um, we have a handheld meter. It's not the most accurate thing in the world. I tell people this five to 10 percent margin of error, possibly more. Um on average is a minimum of three. So that goes to share, show people. Yeah. So basically point being this woman with a five to 10% margin of error has lost about 20 pounds of body fat, which is fucking huge and is put on about 26 pounds of muscle or lean mass, or maybe it's 26 pounds of shit. Who knows? But <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. She's had a massive. She needs to go get re- checked. I think she might need the cleanse if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> she had, she had a massive recomposition happening. And 
after seeing these, I was like, we need to double check this because I must have fucked up. So we redid it. Sure enough, same exact numbers within a, a pound or two. And I'm like, dude, you have amazing results right now. Stop worrying about the scale. And then I started asking her, how do your clothes fit in? She's like, well, you know, I'm noticing my shirts are a little looser and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, like this is what we talked about when we first met. You wanted to fit in clothes better. You wanted to hit a certain size. You wanted to be a certain, you know, diameter on this dimension or whatever. So like, why are you getting so focused on this, this number? When you got all these other things intangible, I'll give you that, but don't get so fucking caught up on this and I actually she's banned from weighing herself now we'll see if that actually sticks but she's not allowed to weigh herself anymore my question to you Mike is like you see her as your as your client how different does she look I, if you're talking about a 20 pound discrepancy as yeah, far she, as lean body mass and body fat transfer roughly obviously this is like these are just numbers but what do you see like i mean i'm so, assuming if that's the case it's fundamentally different she does she does look different so she's actually she was unique. She started off, and again, these are all based off of the little handheld meter, but she started off with less than 100 pounds of lean mass. She was, uh, I think she's five foot seven. So she she had nothing. She She had everything to gain. Let's be positive. She had everything to gain. So putting muscle on her was easy because she didn't have any. Um, the body fat dropping as drastically as it did, um, that was shocking to me. I was worried that she was actually way under eating and reporting poorly on what she was eating, but it mm -hmm. apparently she's doing pretty good. So, um, but I mean, looking at her, you can tell she's not as, as wide at the hips. She's definitely gotten smaller and she's gotten a lot stronger. So mm -hmm. to me, I can signs. see it. Yeah. To me, I can see it, but I, you know, like we all know how it is. You see yourself every day. You don't see the drastic change. Um, and it, especially if you have sort of a, a, a negative view of yourself to begin with, maybe you don't necessarily see those positive changes as much, or you're not seeing yourself, you know, at the end goal. So it's like, you don't see the end goal. So you're not happy. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. And that's why what I tend to advise people to use as opposed to a scale which only tells a certain part of the story, does not tell the full story. Use something else to as, as, a, as a reference point as far as uh, go back to old pictures. Compare the old picture. Take a picture right now. Okay, compare that to one that you did like, you know, a couple months prior. How, do you, how, do, how does it look? Do you like it better now? I bet you do. You know, what about your clothes? How is that fitting you? Do you, do you find like yourself, oh, hey, I can fit back into this old pair of jeans that I had from way before, or I need to get a whole new wardrobe because nothing, you know, everything is either too loose or whatever the case may be. So it, it's best to use that. And then it's kind of crazy, I, I, you know, with, when the scale is what's being fixated on, because that's, like I said, it doesn't tell the whole story, because if you go and you take, like, let's just say it goes up six pounds, right? But you lost four pounds of body fat. And that's essentially what a plus of 10 pounds of more or less muscle in the good side. Right. So it, it's just, it's just crazy that I, I just, it's hard for me to compute, but I can totally understand as to why someone would be fixated on that because you're told about the scale for like forever. 
you know what happens when you go to the doctor? They tell you, okay, step on the scale. They don't tell you, uh, let's check your body fat. Yeah. You know, they say, let's check your weight. Yeah, they'll do BMI so, maybe. At, and which is still a, a shit way to, to, yeah. to go about things. It's really just your body fat percentage. It's, it, it tells a better part of the story, still not the whole story, but still a better part of the story of what's going on. And that's why I, I, I say to someone, you know, I weigh, you know, I currently weigh, I think, 170. I can take someone else that's 170 pounds. That's a totally different body composition, same height, same weight as me. And we look like two totally different people. So, you know, you can go to um, go to your car. Your car is on E, has no gas. Well, let me fill it up with water all the way to full. It's on full, but it's filled with water. Right. So, again, that's kind of like the same way that you, it doesn't tell the full story as to what it consists of. Don't, the problem with the, 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 the oh, go ahead, Mike. Don't put water in your gas tank. No, that is not advisable. That is not. The, Please don't do that. And if you do, you didn't hear it here. <laughs> At all. Uh, the yeah, don't call it. Don't <laughs> don't tell the insurance company to sue us. Um, well, but we, no, we I think the, <laughs> yeah, we ain't got nothing, so you can try. They'll be pra- they'll be practicing with us. Um, no, I think that the main thing here, the big problem with that is because you get so fixated on this number, right? And what happens is that typically what people will do is focus on a lot is cutting calories really drastically uh, start doing excessive amount of exercise. And in most cases, it's never excessive amount of weights. It's more an excessive amount of like cardio. And yes, they will, you know, in most cases you may know somebody or they do these drastic juice cleanses. They lose a lot of weight. They're, they're excited because they lost 10 pounds in two weeks or whatever the case may be, or even in a week, they saw this drastic flush. Um, it's, it's very common for someone to that does a lot of cardio that is smaller in circumference as a whole, but the body that they, they, they have the, well, the body they have is not what they want or is not what they envision for themselves. Another thing is that when they do their testing again, typically what you'll find is that their body fat levels is about the same, if not more than, than when they started and their lean body mass is also lower. So that is a sign that you have most likely lost some muscle during the process. Now you're just a skinny fat person, um, what we call skinny fat, um, because your body fat is so high. And that is very common with uh, a very extreme uh, cardio people that the problem with that too being is that people don't address their nutrition properly. So their nutrients are all over the place. They're just eating low calorie, but this is where macronutrients come into play. We're not going to really dive too much into that, but this is where, you know, having more structure with your nutrition, you know, how it's dispersed matters. Calories are going to be important to lose the weight, but as far as how your body's going to look and, and transform in the process and how much muscle you're going to retain in the process, a lot of it's going to come down to more structured nutrition. And this is the, the, the benefit um, of having someone to help you through this process, because if you've never done it, if your only your only kind of reference point is the experience of you know going to the doctor and them telling you where you're at and how bad you're doing and then you're just going to take that information i got to get healthier and just exercise cardio which is i guess fine if that's the only thing you had to do i guess like sure you are technically healthier in a way your heart's healthier but you if you've also lost a lot a significant amount of muscle mass we already know that the cause of mortality for amongst people is people that are high body fat levels we're not talking about weight, high body fat levels with minimal lean body mass. Muscle is your 
best insurance policy to combat a lot of the problems that we face as we age. So if you're not addressing this and only so focus on that, what that scale is telling you for to rely on your health markers, you're going to run into some serious issues down the road. Yeah. Then some, uh, some other things that I like to mention to people is the intangible stuff. Like how, how are you feeling? How, how do you feel about yourself? How are you sleeping? Um, you know, and that, that's something that we talk about at the very beginning, because it, it, it's good information for me, but it's, it's good for them to say it out loud. Maybe they've never been asked how they feel about themselves. Um, and then, you know, months later, we can have the same conversation again, or we can kind of do little check-ins along the way. And, you know, maybe, maybe you're in a scenario where you're working out and you're not really losing any weight or seeing results, I should say but you're feeling better. You're feeling more capable or your, your lower back pain is gone and you're sleeping better because of it. Like if, if you were to go back in time and talk to your former self and say, you know, this decision you're about to make signing up with this guy, you're not going to see the weight loss results that you want, but you're going to be able to sleep better and your lower back's not going to hurt anymore. I can pretty much bet that you're still going to go through the process because once you realize like my lower back, doesn't have to hurt all the time that then becomes something of value that you can't really attach a number to. So there's point being there's, there's other things, there's other quality of life components to this that you don't realize are as important, more important than whatever the fucking scale is telling you. Yeah. You, your main focus, like we said is, you know, you have to, disconnect from that i think that people also freak out i think that not necessarily avoiding the scale is always the the, the best solution because i'm a big you know big believer that maybe confronting this thing that's causing you this much stress obviously depends on the person let's kind of let's ease into this but i wouldn't i encourage actually clients if i tell them to hey if it, you don't feel like it's going to cause you too much you know stress or anxiety or uh, just feeling completely like uncomfortable. I rather was weigh ourselves a little bit more frequent because I love to see more weekly averages in the weigh-ins. I also love to see and show clients how the the how normal it is for your body to fluctuate because people that weigh themselves chronically, you know, chronically, like every day, I have clients that weigh themselves multiple times a day, which I tell them is the most, it's a, it's almost like a part-time job. Stop doing it. That weigh yourself on a, on a daily basis kind of the same time, first thing in the morning, typically, preferably after going to the bathroom um, and weigh yourself daily. And you can see how certain days your weight changes based on what you ate, based on how much water you're storing. Um, also our ladies uh, that also are a big portion of our listeners, I want to make a big point here is that you're gonna probably st- seem like it's going to seem like you're stalling out more, more than your, let's say your husband that's on the weight loss journey. He's losing weight much faster than you are, but you also have to factor in that there's always that time of month that you're going to, your hormones, you know, change and you're basically going through your time of month. 
and you're going to be bloated. Typically, you're going to hold on to that to more water, you're going to be more sensitive to certain things. And every every woman's body will react, you know, different to this during this amount of days. But you're talking about, let's say, give it about a week's time every month. So technically, you're losing about a week where it seems like you're stalling out, where maybe you want to schedule more calories during that time to make sure your energy levels are good. And maybe sure you're still training. But also under be aware of that hormonally, we are different. So don't compare your progress. Like, why is my husband just he just stops, he just starts walking, and he loses all this weight. It's a hormonal difference. And it does matter. Obviously, making sure your nutrition's on point, this is going to be important, but understand that physiologically, we are different. And I don't want you to beat yourself up and think there's something wrong with you when this is absolutely what your body needs to do to survive um, and to adjust to its changes. So I just wanted to make an emphasis there. Um, since we know that a lot of our listeners here are women. Another benefit from weighing yourself daily under the same conditions is to help you identify certain causes that might make your the scale jump up or down um, in one direction or another. Okay, well, what happened the night prior? Oh, well, I didn't get good sleep. I had like a late night snack and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, that you can kind of like say, well, that you contribute to the cause of the scale going up or down in, in, in one way or another. Or, hey, you know, I slept great. Uh, let me see. I ate like, you know, I had dinner like at seven. After that, I went for a walk, uh, came back and, you know, I had seven to eight hours of sleep. So, okay, well, let's just start piecing things together and get gain that level of awareness as to what's causing what and seeing we can replicate those same um, situations, the favorable ones again, and try to maybe um, shy away from the ones that uh, we would prefer to stay away from. I actually, I actually like that one a lot. That's really eye-opening for a lot of people, um, especially if you're eating pretty well, making your own food for a while, and then you have a random day where you go and get cheeseburger and fries from somewhere. Um, you can kind of see the effect of that manufactured food, all the sodium, the preservatives tends to make you hold on to water a lot. Um, and that can be very eye-opening for people. Um, and, you know, take that same emotional reaction that they're getting from the scale. And then after McDonald's, you you're up two or three pounds because of all the water that you're holding on to. That makes you want to eat McDonald's even less. Um, please don't sue me McDonald's. You know what I think too, is like something to people to, to why I don't understand why. Well, my thing is why I don't understand why people think this way, right? They see a couple pounds up on the scale and they automatically assume that it's fat. Mm-hmm. They see a couple pounds gone and they think that it's a couple pounds automatic of fat gone in like a matter of like a day or a couple hours. Right. And you were talking about people that weigh themselves multiple times a day. Why do you think that you gained three pounds of body fat in a matter of hours? The body just simply doesn't work like that. I, I just want to clarify um, fluctuations of water, you know, stool, uh, sodium content, carbohydrate content, all matters. Um, it will dictate it's, it's kind of just taking the whole thing and just showing you this is roughly how much this object, this person, this thing, whatever weighs, that's it. It's not breaking down what's in what's going on inside. So don't hold so much value. Don't, I always, I also tell people like, don't get overly excited when you see that scale drop. Of course, it's a natural motivation because you see like, oh my God, I'm making progress. The reason why I say this is not to be a party pooper, but because I know that the other side is, is also important because they see the scale go up. What happens? Frustration, 
They're unmotivated. Ah, what am I doing wrong? What's wrong with my body? I hate this. This is stupid. Oh my God, I fucked up. It's just all these like these comments that come to mind. So take it, even if it's a weight drop, take it as data. If it's a weight up, take it as data. It doesn't change. It's just information that you're getting told. Now, I love also consistent weighing. Personally, I also love the tracking aspect. We've talked about this with nutrition. I like to see patterns. I like to show and educate what's going on with certain foods. It's not necessarily the food. It's sometimes more just your body reacting to certain things. But the cool thing is if you track long enough, if you actually stick with it and and give yourself some time to see this, you'll notice a nice little trend. It looks like the stock market charts. And for people that don't have never done it, you plug it into apps, they'll start to formulate like a chart over the course of the weeks and months. And you'll see typically all these little spikes like you would in the stock market. But what happens in the stock market? We want the stock market to go consistently up, even if there's dips and valleys in the in the chart. Same thing with your weight loss journey. There's going to be spikes. There's going to be drops. But overall, when you look at it in the long term, a couple months, a couple years go by, you want to see a nice trend that you can draw from point A to point B that is consistently going towards that goal, whether it's, you know, in this case, we're more talking about weight loss, um, but the same could be true for weight gain. You know, you're going in that battle. You want to go slightly up nice and gradual over the course of time. Same thing with your weight loss journey. You want to see a nice trend going downwards. So those are some things that I would kind of leave the listeners with to focus on, um, if they're going to be that person that doesn't want to let go of the scale, but how they can use it um, in their, in their advantage. That's probably the best way for them to, to use that. And kind of like how we've said multiple times, just as data, just as information as a cause for what happened the night prior, the day prior, the weeks, the, how the week's been going on. I, I know it's hard, but just try, tell yourself that everything, you know, even before you step on it, and as you step on it, try to look at it objectively, you know, don't get super excited. Don't get bummed out. You're like, okay, cool. Well, let's see. Well, what did I have yesterday? What did I do yesterday? How's my week been so far? How's my sleep? Oh, okay. Well, well, it's down because I've been doing this. Oh, well, it's up because I had this and this didn't happen or this or whatever's going on. Or because, you know, oh, that's right. I am getting stronger in the gym. It's, maybe it's muscle. And if that is the case, then shit, you're doing awesome. Even if it goes nowhere. Let's just say you're just stuck at the same exact, you know, 170 pounds for, uh, you know, a week or two. Again, if you're getting stronger, then that is an amazing place to be because you're doing a good um, exchange between body fat and muscle. And that, that that's just a, a, that's a sweet spot right there. The sweet spot. Um, yeah, I would, the sweet spot. I'd, I'd leave it with, uh, you know, pay attention to other things as well. Put more weight on the self-confidence, how you're feeling, how you're sleeping. Um, pay attention to the scale as information, as feedback, and don't listen to it as uh, a measure of self-worth or whether or not mm-hmm. um, what you're doing is working based just off that. It's information. It's part of the picture, but it's not the whole picture. And, you know, even, even if it's giving you bad information, that's still information. It's still pointing you in a direction. It gives you an answer, right? So you can find out maybe it's time to hire a coach. Maybe it's time to go into a calorie deficit, whatever the case may be. But I think the self, the self-worth piece, self-worth piece, Mike is very important there just to emphasize and clarify it's, 
it's no different than someone that has a lot of money, but you're a shitty person. Just because they have a lot of money doesn't make them a better person than the person that may not have as much money. It's a number. It's a, it's a, it's one factor of the whole piece of you as a human being. So stop putting so much emphasis on how much you weigh. The other things in fitness are much more enjoyable anyways, as far as like feeling good, performing, nothing feels better than when your, your body doesn't hurt, you're moving well, and you feel just good in your own skin. Once you get to that point, trust me, the thing that's going to matter the least to you in the long haul is how much you weigh, what number is when you step on this scale. It's not like you're going to be walking around and just saying, hey, what's up? I weigh 160 pounds. Hey, what's up? My name is Sons. I weigh 160. We don't we don't interact like that. So you know, start stop break stop start breaking these chains around this number. It's just also like you don't go to people and start. I mean, some people are just fucking narcissistic as shit. But like they go around and say like, oh, I have a lot of money. Like just bragging about it. You're an asshole. Fuck you. Like you know, it's like you don't go around telling people your bank statements. It's like you know, stop putting so much emphasis on numbers on data start focusing on other things. That's just one piece of the puzzle. It's supposed to help you give you some sense of direction. That's all. And, you know, on, there's a, like we just talked about, there's other things to focus on. And kind of on that same kind of topic, I bet if uh, Mike, to your client, if she were to go up to someone and say, Hey, you know, how much do you think I weigh? That number is going to be way down than what, what, what the actual scale is. I bet you they're going to, they, they're going to think that because that it just looks like, you know, you just weigh less because of your body composition. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm stuck over here trying to imagine a society in which we greeted each other with our body weight. That would be an interesting world to live in. It would be something. Yeah, that would be that would be funny. Um, well, I think we did a pretty good job on this one. Would you say? Yeah. So actually, I uh, I don't know. If you guys watch the news very much? Um, there's been some crazy shit going on in the world today. But actually, the thing that caught my eye, at least was the world tongue twister champion just got arrested what you guys hear about this no i did not yeah so i hear they're gonna give him a really tough sentence (laughs) is he gonna be able to make it (laughs) we still have we need the update for next episode right (laughs) uh my my death my deaf wife just told me that uh we need to talk that's not a good sign <laughs> just, love it. Just love hear it. her out. It'll be fine. <laughs> Ooh. Um, you guys are on a roll. I, I covered for you, Mike, last time. I threw a little bit, you know, just to kind of contribute to, but you guys, this is your segment. I just kind of th- sh- shoot every so often. I can't, I haven't had developed those uh, superpowers yet, just kind of like in Mortal Kombat. Mm. My, my abilities haven't come yet. Yeah. Um, well, you need about later. three months of three or four hours of sleep a night and lots of cocoa melon. Mm. Okay. Well, with that being said, listeners, you already know, if, if you're not already, please subscribe to the podcast. We drop three episodes a week and any feedback is always good feedback. And with that being said, until the next one. Hey guys, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to go to leave us a five-star rating and review. That simply helps us get out in front of more people as well as follow us on Facebook at the Next Level Show private forum. Check us out on Instagram as well at the Next Level Show. My personal page is at John Alva Fitness. Gabe is at Prime and Glory. And Mike is at Mike Nellis PT. Peace.